creativity presents itself so uniquely in each of us, and a lot of the time, it is not artistic. You are listening to About Progress. This is episode 177, Cultivating Your Non-Artistic Creativity with the Womb Sisters. But first, friends, today I am going to make a brief but super important announcement. For months, I've been alluding to something I have been working very hard on, and it's time to finally share it with you. It's an online podcasting school. It's called Podcast University, or Podcast U for short, and it is the place to learn how to start and grow your podcast from scratch. I'm joining forces with my dear friend, Rachel Nielsen of the three and 30 takeaways for moms podcast. We are both professionally trained educators who also started our own podcast with no social media community or business and marketing expertise to back us. And combined, we are now approaching almost 2 million downloads. If we can do this, you can too. And we are going to share everything we know with you. There is a lot coming with podcast you. But we are starting by first releasing our beginning course, Podcasting 101, How to Start Your Podcast from Scratch. I am the primary instructor for this course and take you through 10 lessons that act as a step-by-step guide to thinking up your show to actually launching it. Enrollment for this course is only open the rest of June, so become one of our students before July 1st to access it. To celebrate the launching of Podcast U, I am teaching a free online class on three things you must know to start your podcast. And I'm offering that class three different times so you can choose one that works for you. And again, it's free. There is no catch to this. We just want to celebrate the launch of Podcast U and share a preview of what our teaching looks like. You can go to the links in my profile to learn more about Podcast U, Podcasting 101 course, and to sign up for that free class. Thank you so much for supporting me. This has truly been years in the making. There's a whole backstory to this that I'll tell you another time. And if you could do me this favor and share this new resource with any friends or family members who you know are interested in starting a podcast, I'd be so grateful for that. Okay, let's officially dive into our episode. Welcome to About Progress. I am your host, Monica Packer, and I am here to guide you toward living the life you want. Each week, you'll hear interviews and teachings on how to balance self-development with self-acceptance. Listen in and join our community that knows life is about progress, not perfection. Thank you so much for giving me that time to be able to share my happy news with you. And I'm so excited about it and so very nervous, but I know it's the right step and I'm passionate about it. Okay, and remember throughout June, every single week, I'm going to pull a name from any of the reviews left that week on iTunes and Apple Podcasts and do a giveaway a week. And at the end of the month, I will be doing a bigger giveaway um, selecting from all the reviews left throughout June. I hope that is a great way to celebrate my birthday month and my favorite topic of creativity. Thanks for doing that. So imagine creativity is a huge puzzle and each person on earth brings their own unique piece to it. Each piece is unrepeatable. It is only personal to the person who has that piece. But all of these pieces have to come together in order to fully represent 
what creativity really is and its power. Today, we are hearing from three wonderful women who each have a unique way of looking at creativity and using it as a power in their lives. Gentry, Bergen, and Sarah each are from the Womb Sisters on Instagram, and they have used their unique creative gifts, only some of those being artistic in nature, to create an incredible platform for spiritual women to have tough conversations online. Today, you're going to hear how creativity, the non-artistic kind, has played out for them in their personal lives. And our goal is to help you see yourself as an agent to creativity, especially the non-artistic kind, and how it's a power just waiting to be tapped into. Just so you don't get confused by the various voices that are going to follow, first you'll hear from Bergen, who will introduce us to the Womb Sisters platform. Then we'll be hearing from Gentry, again Bergen, and then from Sarah, who had to join us later on in our recording. Womb Sisters is a community for women of faith to grow in sovereignty. So the idea is that we talk about um, women's issues within the context of our faith. We're members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and try to help women make empowering connections to our beliefs and the things that we learn in the gospel. So that's that's what Womb is. Our um, handle is at Womb underscore sisters. So we love to have anyone come and join in our conversations there. And it's so brilliantly done. I have been so drawn to to both of your work and Sarah as well. It's all such a partnership there. Grateful that you're having these hard but faith-based conversations that need to have um, need to happen. Today we're going to talk about um, probably not as serious as maybe people would expect with that setup, but we're going to be talking about creativity for the non-creatives, essentially what this looks like to create in your life. So Gentry, let's start with you. How about you tell us why it's been essential to you and your well-being to do so? Yeah, so as a stay-at-home mom, I kind of felt the pressure to start like being crafty and I joined like a craft club and I hated it. <laughs> I hated it so bad. Like I, when I did art, I was an impressionist because I just don't, I'm not the type of person that colors in the lines and I have no patience for doing detailed things like crafting. And every time I did a craft, I hated it. And so I just kind of was like, I don't like that kind of stuff. And it's okay. It's okay for me to not like that kind of stuff. And then when I started my master's degree, I had no time for any of it anyways. But that's not to say that I'm not a creative person. So I think we just are, you know, need to shift the paradigm and kind of redefine it. Yes. And for me, I value productivity more than like anything else. So if I'm being productive, I'm at my happiest. And that can be cleaning my house. It can be grocery shopping, the to-do list, but it can also be like going to church or going to a party or like being social, like check, I got my social, you know, time in. And because those are the things I value. So I think um, my biggest thing is I would what I create for myself and my family instead of like an artistic type thing is I create, I try to create time and space 
for my family that is productive, but also intentional and fun and relaxing. Because if I don't create time and space for my family, then I just obsess about having a clean house and I obsess about, you know, doing my to-do list. So I set aside time and space and I create opportunities for relaxation and for fun for my family. But when I take time to create this time and space for my family, then um, things run a lot smoothly and I actually can be intentional and I can be present. So I'll give you a few Yes, yeah, please. examples would be great. Perfect. So I live in northern Nevada, and I live 30 minutes from Lake Tahoe. And if you don't know, it's this giant lake that's like crystal clear in the middle of the mountains. You have to drive up a canyon. It's half in Nevada and half in California. And there's a lot of sandstone, and, and so it creates these sandy beaches and these beautiful blue waters, and it's like my favorite thing in the world. So um, in the summer, I go to Lake Tahoe twice a week. And I pack a big lunch and then I pack up the car. I even go by myself with three, three kids under the age of six. And I pack all the sand toys and we stay up there all day long. And it is my perfect day. Yeah. It's, it's a lot of work though. It is hard and it is really hard. I've lost a couple of my kids um, <laughs> more than a few times at the lake and that's scary, but Anyways, it's a lot of packing. It's a lot of cleaning. The kids are soaking wet. Like putting on sunscreen on a toddler is like hell on wheels. But (laughs) so, so it does involve a lot of work, but the time that I get with them up there, there's no cell phone service. There's no, like you can barely, you know, take pictures. You're just, I'm just there. And it's just this unadulterated time with nature, which is you know, allows you to connect with God's creations or, or mother earth, or, you know, it's just spiritual in itself being Mm -hmm. in an open area, you know, I'm creating this time and space and dedicating it instead of just staying home and like letting them play on iPads or something. I'm going out to something where I know it's fun and relaxing. It's amazing that you have not heard my intro episode because it hasn't aired yet, but I just recorded it last night. And I feel like you are doing a great job of giving us examples of what I was trying to talk about in the introduction, which I basically said being creative is being present. Yeah. So I have one more example. So at home, um, my kids love wrestling and I hate it (laughs) because (laughs) I hate like trying to throw them around on a couch when they're going to hit their heads and they're going to cry and someone gets hurt and it's physically taxing and I don't do any physical exercise. So um, (laughs) anyways, so about once a month, consistently at least once a month, we plan these big wrestling matches because my kids love it so much. And I just feel like, okay, I have to, I say no to them so much that I have to like give them something. And plus it helps you connect physically with your kids, which they need. It gets their energy out and they love it more than candy. So, and that says a lot. We get every single pillow we own in this house, in my house and throw it and every single blanket and every single quilt, anything soft you can imagine 
teddy bears, what have you. And we put it all in this giant pile and then we just wrestle. And I just, we throw them, like literally chuck them because they love it. <laughs> we pillow fight and then they're laughing and it's super, super fun because I've set aside this time. They usually don't get hurt because there's so many pillows and so many, you know, soft, cushy things. And then after that, we have a snack and then we watch a movie and they get to have a sleepover on this giant pile of, you know, soft things that we've created. So that's something that, I mean, if if your kids have beds, you could probably pull this off. (laughs) Yeah. So it's something that anyone can do. And again, the point is creating this time and space for family when you know, you are ready to be intentional and when you want to connect with your kids. If someone who is like you, who is really more of the type A um, misproductivity kind of a slant in their personality, what's one thing you would recommend or why would you recommend that they create this space and time? So, I mean, I think we have to define, people like me have to define family time as productive like it's when you know you think like oh I have so many chores or I have or I'm, I'm in school and I have so many assignments or you know my ch- church job is taking up so much time and you have when you're someone who values productivity over everything else it's never going to end yes it's never going to end you can always be more productive You could literally be emailing someone, baking cookies, doing dishes, and talking on the phone or something. Like, you could always add more. And so, you know, my advice is to realize that your time with your family or your friends or whoever you're serving or if you're your fur babies, even if it's your dog, like, that is productive. And Mm -hmm. it's the times where, you know, you think your relationships are a nuisance that you need it the most. And so for times when I have so many things to do and then I just like sit down, my kids come crawling all over me and they just like, Oh, mommy, mommy, mommy. And then, but if I'm sitting down and they're crawling all over me, I'm finally really realizing like, Oh my gosh, like I totally needed this. And that's where the, the beauty comes when you take time to sit down and I'm never sad when I do that, mm-hmm. you know, and even if it's for someone who, I mean, like you said, there's a lot of different scenarios here, but even whether or not you have a family, it's also taking that time for yourself, like being, taking, creating time to be quiet outside or in mm-hmm. nature or inside. Um, that's, that is an act of creation. And, and that's not only, it's not a creating a product, it's creating a product within you that I think is just as important as any masterpiece that you could do mm-hmm. with your hands. So I'm glad that you'd give us that, um, this, this way of looking at it, Gentry. And I think it's uh, going to be really applicable to a lot of people. Let's take a quick break to hear from our sponsor, Come Follow Me, F-H-E. I'm a trained teacher, but guess what? I even find myself struggling to know how to teach gospel-centric lessons to my kids in ways that they'll actually have fun, pay attention, and yeah, learn. Enter Come Follow Me FHE. This resource is created by Angie, a mother of four and a kindergarten teacher who shares her own unique gift of making Christian study topics hit home with children in fun and doable ways. 
For only $5 a month, you get one main lesson, six supportive lessons, coloring pages, handouts, crafts, and more every single week. You heard me for only $5 a month. You get all of those every single week. Angie fully explains how to prep and teach these lessons. And if you're a member of the LDS faith, they coincide perfectly with the church's study manual, Come Follow Me. But any Christian can use this in their family. You can sign up through the link in my show notes or by going to comefollowmefhe.com. And in Bergen, I wanted to hear from you now more about how to create more than consume. So how about you set the scene for us here? Why does, why does this come up for us? I mean, that's kind of like a duh answer. And, and how have you seen it play out in your life and what have you done about it? Okay. Um, yeah, I think really living in like a modern age has set us up to be uh, consumers more than creators. And, and it becomes, I think it can become really problematic. So if you think about maybe your mom's mom or your mom's mom's mom, they, they were, anytime they were making a meal or they were like putting on clothes, like, or I, I don't know, like building a house, like so much of the work they were doing that themselves. And we're really lucky to live in a time when, um, you know, we have the conveniences of just buying clothes from the store and not having to sew them ourselves or like buying food at the grocery store that's five minutes away or, you know, having it delivered to our house and not even having to get in our cars. Um, and all of those things are really convenient, but what are we doing with all the extra time? At least in my experience, when I spend a lot of time consuming other people's creations, I get really drained. And I think we think that the opposite is going to happen. I think we feel like if I consume enough, if I get enough information, if I read enough books, if I watch enough shows, that it will fill me up because it's filling up our time but it doesn't actually fill us up. <laughs> and the ways in which I'm able to really fill myself and feel really connected and really joyful and really present in my life and really happy is when I am actively creating. There are things that I really love. So I just made a list of things that I love creating. And I, and they're a little bit unconventional. Like anyway, so I, uh, the list I have here says I like to create relationships. Mm. I like to create experiences for my family and for my friends, for um, other people. I like to create conversations. I like to create ideological connections. Like I like to make, think of new ideas and, and connect them. Um, I like to create space for myself inside of myself and um, for other people. I like to create compassion. I like practicing putting myself in other people's shoes. That's something that's really fun for me. Yeah. Um, I like to create laughter. I like to create movement and energy in my body by dancing or walking. Those things feel really creative to me because I can feel this energy flow. Um, uh, one, one thing that maybe is a little bit more personal. Like I think sexuality is a really powerful form of creation in our lives that we create this uh, positive energy within ourselves and within our um, relationship with our partner, which can be so powerful and beautiful. 
Um, I like to create solutions to problems. I like to build bridges. I like to create new paradigms and new meaning around old traditions. So those are things that really fire me up. I feel really passionate when I'm creating in those ways. And um, I get into that, you know, flow state when I'm creating in those ways. And they just make me really excited. So if they're like, if you don't want to paint or write or like dance or, or, in, or you don't like doing the things that I listed, that's okay. Like make your own list of things that you enjoy creating and then intentionally set aside time and energy to do those things. Even if it's just for a few minutes a day, I just started by doing like 15 minutes of yoga a day, creating that movement in my body. And just that one thing has been really powerful for me. So like even just simple ways that we can do that. Um, another thing I think I've been thinking a lot about is social media. I think social media is getting a really bad rap and rightly so it can really be such a time suck and can be really draining to us and cause a lot of, you know, mental health issues if we're not using it properly. But they've recently been doing some studies on social media that, um, that it can be really negative to people's mental health to be on social media a lot and to be constantly consuming. Um, but what turns kind of the tides of social media is how often you engage. So if, if you are getting on a page and just like scrolling through the pictures, then you're, it's going to be detrimental most likely. But if you stop and really read it and pay attention and think about it and, and you make comments and you join in on the conversation and you send in DMs and you, and you engage with that community, then it actually does the opposite. It, it helps people feel connected. It help, it's actually good for your mental health. So I think it's really important, like intentionally curate your feed. And the more I've done that, the more I just, I love being on Instagram. It's, fills me up and I feel connected to other women that I would never be able to connect with otherwise. And I'm having conversations there that are really important. I mean, that's really why we created womb is that we wanted to have more of these conversations and share them with other people. And I'm so grateful for every woman who engages with these conversations and shares and, and it's, it's been a really empowering thing. So I think it's, it's up to you how your social media will, it will it be a tool for you or will it, be something that you know it feels oppressive to you or are you gonna be in charge of it you know are you going to be intentional with how you're using it in your life wow I love that whole framing reframing of social media engagement and yeah I I do I think you're right it is up to us and even without side of social media this is all up to us are we going to give ourselves that space and time that we need both in the quiet moments but also what you said, creating things that give you energy. And I love that list idea too. So have a list of things you love to create. And I thought with that, what gives you energy? What gives you life? What makes you excited? All those things that you just described, how none of those were crafty or artsy or anything like that. And yet they are all huge acts of creation and they're a reflection of, of who you are and what really speaks to your heart. And as you're creating those moments to um, do that, you're creating so much opportunities for others to do so too. So I wanted to know what, beyond the yoga 
example, which I loved, and, and also how doable that is, how else do you intentionally go about this list that you've made? Yeah, so I'm going to quote Alison Faulkner. She, she says um, that, she, what are, that the things that she creates are the things that she needs. <laughs> so that's just so wise. So here is a little bit of advice, and then I'll give some examples. Like if there are things in your life that you wish were happening, if, you, if there are conversations you wish were happening, if there was a product you wish existed, if there was you know, a friendship you wish you had, if there was a tradition you wish that you had growing up, like you, if you, if there is something you need, if there's a part of you that needs to be filled with something, do it, you mm -hmm. do it, right? Mm -hmm. You create those conversations. If you want to talk, like, for example, we talk about menstruation on womb. If you want to talk more about menstruation, have your friends over and talk about it. If you want to create more fun in your life, like have a wrestling match with your kids in the living room with you know you take responsibility for those things and instead of just feeling so kind of disgruntled that they don't exist like create them like if 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 it really if it's really kind of firing you up that much it's probably because you have some work to do i i feel the same way about womb we spend hours and hours and hours writing content i think maybe that's another thing i want to say <laughs> Yes. And Sarah, Sarah spends hours and hours sourcing art and curating the aesthetic of our feed. She spends so much time strategizing. And um, I, I want to, I want people to understand that everything that's created, even if it's like the thing at the dollar store that you bought for your kid to play with for a day before it breaks, like everything that has, that's created by someone has a very high cost. And those costs are the same regardless of whether or not it costs a dollar to you or it costs $300. It's just where those costs are going to be dispersed. So things that are made at the dollar store, there's probably a lot of environmental costs that come along with it. Like, and people, people that write things on Instagram, like there's a huge cost to that. It's free to you to get on and read someone's content. But it's not, it's not free for us to create it, right? We yeah. spend hours and hours and blood and sweat and tears and we, but I love it. I'm not trying yes. to make anyone no, feel bad about that. Yeah. I love what we're doing and it means so much to me to create it and to create it with my sisters. It means so much to me. It fills me with energy like you were, what we were saying before, but I just hope people understand at, that it does come at a cost you have to be willing to pay the price to create the things that you want in your life it 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 will require some real vulnerability on your part it requires a lot of effort and time and love and but those are the ones that are the most rewarding mm -hmm. like when i when i make mac and cheese for my kids like it's not very rewarding. They eat and I can move on to other things that matter more to me maybe. But when I make a really delicious meal and invite my friends over and we have like a really connective conversation and we eat something delicious together, like it's so rewarding, but it takes so much more time, so many more resources. And we have to be willing to put those things into it if we want to get the result of the joy and the fulfillment that comes from creating. It's not, I mean, it's not easy to create 
I think a lot of people just like to dismiss creative types, even the really artistic creative types as, oh, you're creative, when they're discounting all the work that goes into being creative and how much they fail and how hard they have to keep trying and the vulnerability that you mentioned. And we can apply that to every way we create, whether or not that is artistic. So we now have Sarah joining the call. Thanks for coming in and tell people what your role is within Womb and then what you wanted to talk about, about creativity in particular. Yeah, thank you for having me. Um, so I am a sister-in-law to Bergen and Gentry. I married their brother. Um, and really Womb is sort of this project that we... Um, we all felt really strongly about, and um, I guess my role with Womb, I do a lot of the the visual and the the creative visual layout. Um, I do a lot of the Instagram stuff, so I'm kind of behind the scenes a lot of the time, which I'm totally fine with. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's kind of my role in Womb, and I I mean contributing to content and ideas, but. Yeah, it's been so much fun. Well, and you're an important piece of this puzzle because I love that Gentry is saying she's more of the productive side, the type A side. Bergen, I feel like you are also kind of in that realm, but also creative in these other ways. Like you were, you're, so, so Sarah is bringing in this artistic creativity to this puzzle. So you each bring a piece to the creative creativity puzzle that is womb. And for you, Sarah, um, how is creativity a mindset? And, and how do you go about your 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 day-to-day -day life cultivating that mindset so it's always a part of who you are and what you continue to produce? Mm -hmm. Yeah, for me, I kind of see creativity as more of just critical thinking. I think a lot of times we look at people that are artistic or, you know, my husband is, he's in advertising and so he's just really, people are always like, your husband's so creative, he can just come up with ideas. So we kind of have these paradigms about what creativity looks like and means, but really if you break it down, I think it's just critical thinking. And and what I mean by that is, you know, looking at your relationships, for example, and I, I feel like, especially when I got married, I'm like, okay, how do I want our relationship to look like? And having a vision for what my husband and I, our relationship looks like, that takes a lot of work. And that is creativity, like really sitting down, having a vision and making a plan for how you want your relationships to look like. Or another example is when I became a mom, um, that was a very chaotic time in my life. I just felt like the minute my daughter was born, I was in the depth of chaos. Like I just had no idea what was going on with my body, with like, anyway, just all the opinions people throw at you, like you should yeah. do things this way. And so I've kind of seen creativity also in just taking chaos and creating order. Hmm. And so with my daughter, like I've really had to sit down and like research and think about like, okay, what do I want our life to look like? What do I want Claire to look like? Not physically, but you know, just how can I structure her and, and help her to, to grow in this way that will be beneficial for our family. And so I kind of look at it as that way, as just taking control, <laughs> as much control as you can have, right? But trying to take control of the things that you do have control of and turning chaos into order. And that can look 
you know, we can apply that in so many different ways, but, but yeah, it's totally a mindset. You don't have to be um, musical or artistic. It takes creative power just to sit and have a vision for who you want to be as a person. That alone can take you, take so much time. If you just sit and really have a vision for who you want to be and then using your critical thinking powers to create the person you want to become. So anyway, my, I would argue if you don't think that you're creative, <laughs> um, I would argue that you need to kind of rethink that and, and believe that you are and you have the power to create any kind of relationship or any kind of person that you want to be. Um, but it just takes really just, it just takes some time to sit down and think about and have that vision. Beautiful. Yes. And that is such a big part of what, um, at wherever people lie on the spectrum of creativity, that really is what they're doing. That's what, that's what was ringing true to me about is just creating order out of chaos and how that can come out in so many ways. I think, um, I think of my mom when I hear you describe all that, you know, someone who is able to do that so well, and that's such a gift and that's something that is so unique. And you know what, ladies, all of you have this piece to this creativity puzzle that I think is so fascinating and how if we're living up to our piece, the puzzle for trying to develop that piece and own it and build it and create it, we can offer that um, to everyone else and ask for their piece too. And we can all come to the table and bring that piece to create this amazing puzzle that would be missing some big pieces if people don't step into what really creativity can and needs to look like for them. And if, if any of you have any last words, Sarah, I'd love to hear actually if you have any last words on that since we didn't get to hear as much from you. Yeah, no, I do have one more thought. Um, I was just thinking about, you know, as we decide to have a vision, no, I, I just like using that word vision because I feel like just in having a vision for who you want to be or, or what you want your life to look like or your house or whatever, like that, choosing to have a vision, you are then an agent and not just letting your life happen to you or, you know, things happen to you or be acted upon, you're then an agent. And that's just been a really powerful principle for me in my life um, because, you know, I, I didn't get to choose what my husband did has chosen to do for work. Right. But I can choose to, um, like have a vision for what I can do with the resources that we do have instead of just being like an age or someone being acted upon, I can then be an agent. Um, so yeah, I guess my final thoughts would be just like, as you choose to, um, to have this vision in your life that you will then be an agent and, 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 that works with relationships too. Like oftentimes I'll get in this rut with my husband where I'm like, I just feel like this is how our relationship is. <laughs> and you know, we, I think all of us can say that we've gone through difficult times in our marriage and we're like, this is just how it is. But I think if, if we choose to have a vision and use those creative powers to, to change things, we are then acting instead of just being acted upon in, in every aspect of our life. Brilliant. 
Ladies, you are each doing such a magnificent work. I am so glad that I found you on the Womb Sisters. I'm so proud of all you're doing. I hope everyone will go and follow you there. I'll make sure to link that in the show notes for them. But I just want to give a big giant thank you to all three of you for the work you're doing and that you would come here to share what you've, what you've shared with my community. Thank you so much. Thank you, Monica. Thank you. I am so glad you listened to get the hug and kick in the pants you needed to grow. Let's take your learning to the next level. Print off this month's progress plan that is free by going to my website aboutprogress.com slash free. Also join our free and private Facebook group called A Work in Progress via the link in my show notes, which you can also find on my website aboutprogress.com. And best of all, be heard on this show be featured on the last episode of each month that is called Dear Progressor, where our listeners really, really shine. To learn how to do this, go to aboutprogress.com slash be on the show. You do have something of great value to share with this community, and we all need to hear you. Thank you so much for being here. And remember, life is about progress, not perfection. Honestly, I have told all of my family members that I want to be cremated when I die. And I want to be sprinkled <laughs> over Lake Tahoe. That is noted. I, I want the listeners Official. to know how much I am obsessed with this place.